It's Star Wars night at Bridgestone Arena, and the Predators will either beat or not beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. There is no try. Plus, trust our senses. What do we feel about the first 25 games of the Nashville Predators season? We'll look at the biggest surprises and storylines from the first part of the year on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week in, week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get a $150 bonus bet with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. We are a more than a quarter of the way yeah. through the 2023-24 NHL season. Uh, and it is time to look back at the Nashville Predators. We will look at the biggest storylines from the first uh, 25 games of the season. The biggest surprises, both good and bad. And maybe the biggest difference between this team and the one we saw in 2022 and 23. All that coming up today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. But first, Dan, Nashville Predators versus Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, yeah. It is Star Wars night. So feel, feel the force, and <laughs> I feel love it? it so much. Do you feel the force? I mean, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> No, actually, I love, love Star Wars night. I think, I don't know if I told you this at, at our wedding, my husband's a huge Star Wars fan. So the bride and groom on our wedding cake was Han Solo and Princess Leia. He had one job, y'all. That's what he did with it. So big Star Wars fan. So it'll be yeah. fun. I think it'll be, it'll be really fun. The game, however, is going to be really interesting. I was really shocked when I looked up Tampa Bay's record. They are 12, 10, and 5, which really surprised me because in my mind, Tampa Bay is not a 12, 10, and 5 team. Um, yeah. they, they've been through they've been through some things. They have been through some things, but they've come out of it kind of in the last couple of games with some wins. So tonight's gonna be a test for I think for the Nashville Predators. Here's a fun thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the worst defensive team in the NHL this year uh, in terms of goals allowed, San Jose Sharks. The second worst team in the NHL defensively in terms of goals allowed, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So surprising. 94 goals allowed as a team this year, more than any other team besides the San Jose Sharks. That's not something you're kind of used to hearing uh, from the mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, of course, the good news for them is they are also tied for third in the entire NHL in terms of scoring. So that's probably they still have a uh, positive record. 
there. Yeah, and Andre Vasilevsky missed 20 games. He missed the first 20 games of the season. He was out with back surgery, which, you know what? Here you go, coming back from back surgery and jumping back into being a professional athlete. Andre Vasilevsky, that's pretty impressive. He returned November 24th, and he's uh, been 3-3 three and three in his six games. So I think having Vasilevsky back is definitely going to kind of move them up that defensive list. Mm, but yeah, yeah it's that's... They're not going to stay there for long. No, they're not going to stay there. It's just been a really interesting season, I think, for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're maybe not exactly the same team that we're used to seeing and thinking of when we think of the Lightning. Yeah, you know, Nikita Kucherov is the NHL's leading scorer right yeah. now. So they still have that going for them. But, well, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you look and Braden Point is hot. Steven Stamkos is hot. Victor Edmonds hot. Even some of the death guys like Brandon Hagel are hot. Yeah. Uh, but it's and, and I know this stat is not everything people we've, we've talked about it many times, but Stamkos is minus 14 this year. Yeah. Uh, Kale Sergachev, like one of their best defenders, is minus 14 this year. Uh, and I, you know, Nick Paul is minus 15, who is, you know, one of their key bottom six players, you know, who's out there for a lot of defensive situations. So, um, you know, it, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like they, they seem to be out there for more goals against than they are goals for and a lot of it. So the two way game doesn't seem like it's quite there. Yeah. Lightning this season. Yeah, I will say offensively, you look at somebody like Nikita Kucherov, like you said, he's the leading scorer in the NHL. He also just. Uh, recently broke a franchise record for the Lightning for uh point streak. He has a 12 game uh, point streak where in 12 games, this guy has 15 assists, not as many, you know, not as many goals, but Nikita Kucherov is just absolutely cooking. Brayden Point, like you mentioned, also another player who is really cooking well. Do want to point out a little sub storyline coming into the game tonight. Tonight is the first time former Predator Tanner Janot will be back at Bridgestone Arena. And a little bit of trivia, it's also his 200th NHL game. So it's just kind of cool that uh, he'll celebrate or mark kind of that NHL career milestone back where it all began here at Bridgestone Arena. So Tanner Janot back. He had a goal in last night's win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, which if we weren't playing the Tampa Bay Lightning today would have delighted me much more. But yeah, Tanner Janot's coming back, y'all. Tanner's back, y'all. Yeah. Do we have our like three just people with draft pick t-shirts come in like cheer in the press box <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I love uh, it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun to see uh, Tanner Janot come back. Also Austin Watson. Uh, Austin Watson. Yep. He's he, having a good season. You know, although he is kind of perennially been a healthy scratch, but still also Philippe Myers on the team, man. Who could have forgotten? How could I have not led with that one? Yeah, we are going to see a Philly Myers uh, tribute video. <laughs> that is that is just that is just the tweet of him being in the Ryan Ellis trade, and that's it. And then that's that's the, it. the music video. just abruptly shuts off and cuts to a confused-looking Phil Myers in the press box. <laughs> He's like, was I here? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great. I, I'm excited to see Tanner Janot back. Here is my question for you. If you are one of his teammates, which which Nashville Predator would be like, yeah, okay, I'll drop the gloves with Janot? Would Michael McCann be there? I think back to last year in the playoffs, uh, maybe the best fight 
of yes. the Stanley Cup playoffs was Come Tanner Janot versus Luke Shen. Crazy fight. A really good fight. It lasted for about a minute. Both guys got some good punches in. Uh, it's not every day Tanner Janot gets in a fight and looks evenly matched. There's very slight, yes. but Luke Shen was one of those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, if that's if you're looking for entertainment value, it seems like that's the <laughs> that's the, the matchup you would want. Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy good fight. And look, I'm not an advocate necessarily of fighting in hockey, but if you are somebody who is like, can they really ever get a good fight going on ice skates? These two, it was it was crazy good fight. But let's not. I don't know. I would like to see it. Okay, I um, think it'd be fun. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, still to come, we are now 25 games into the NHL season. Uh, tonight will be the 26. Let's look back at the first 25. Who are some of the biggest surprises on the Preds right now? What are some of the biggest storylines to watch in the second half of the year? And what are some key differences between this year and last year? We'll talk about that coming up in just one second. But first, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Uh, folks, we have a lot of fun here talking sports, but let's be honest. Sometimes sports is a escape from the crazy reality of real life. And real life is something that we need to prepare for. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It's the holiday season. Maybe you're traveling somewhere to celebrate with family. The last thing you want to do is be unprepared to take care of yourself or a loved one if you fall ill. Jace Medical can give you peace of mind before you ever hop on a flight. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, respiratory infection, sinusitis, skin infections, and many more. This stuff can happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to prepare than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, and we are 25 games into the NHL's regular season. Nashville Predators hanging in there with a respectable 13-12 and 12 record, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. That's something I think all yeah. of us will be uh, happy to see. Yeah. So we thought it'd be a good time to kind of reflect and look back at the first 25 games so far. Who are some of the best uh, players this year? Who's a player who's maybe disappointment? Uh, maybe what are some of the biggest storylines to watch in the second half of the year? Stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, Anna and I are going to do a little reflecting period. Yeah, it's going to be good. We're going to tell you what we liked. And, and I do think it's really interesting to kind of say what's going to happen from this point on. 25 games in, you kind of are starting to see, like I said, you can see the skeleton mm -hmm. of what Andrew Brunette's tenure is going to look like. So what's going to what's it going to look like as it gets more fleshed out? Yeah, let's start yeah. with an easy one. And let's okay. start with best game from the first 25 games. Oh of the year. gosh, yeah. Yeah, for me, and, and I know this may seem like recency bias, but I truly believe that this was the best game. I think the Nashville Predators game against the New York Rangers was their best game of the season. And for a couple of reasons, number one, I think what preceded it 
speaks to sort of the maturity in the locker room because this was the game that they played immediately after laying an absolute egg against the Minnesota Wild. So for me, I think it really speaks to this is a team that's able to kind of regroup and rebound quickly. They're able to like, okay, hey, we've got to learn from that. What do we need to take away from it and close the chapter? And I think that comes with some of the veteran presence on the team. You know, you've got uh, Ryan O'Reilly, you've got Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Gus Nyquist, who have all been through this where you just lay an egg and now what are you going to do? So I think that showed some maturity in the locker room. But I also think that was maybe our best opportunity to see the style of play and how effective it's going to be against top teams as the Predators get better and better as they go. Also want to point out, this was a game the Nashville Predators looked very, very good in, and they didn't have Cody Glass or Tommy Novak. So Mm -hmm. I think it bodes really well for what a healthy Nashville Predators team can do against a team that is playing probably the best in the league in that stretch right there with the New York Rangers. So for me, that was the best game of the season. I'm surprised you didn't go the one that happened a week and a half before that. What's what's that? It's got to be... New Nashville Predators versus Colorado Avalanche, right? Uh, you know what? I mean, I think about that, but I also feel like some, and I'm not trying to be the Colorado Avalanche announcer here, y'all, yeah. but I feel like people still chalk that up to puck luck. That's why. First off, it, the puck never went off the glass. He shot at the boards. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, but I here's, think people here's will chalk that win up to, like, oh, they, you know, they had the puck luck that night. Well, here's, but they didn't. There's a difference between saying it did and didn't. And here's the thing about the <laughs> Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators are a team that, up to that point, and we had talked so much about them playing very, very well and just not getting the results. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was like against the good teams, it's like, oh, look, they're holding their own, but oh, they just come up short one late or right. oh, they blow it right at the end or they have a bad stretch they can't come from. But look at the positive. The Colorado game was the first time that it just felt like they got rewarded mm-hmm. for their play during a game. And how many times did we talk about the Nashville Predators, you know, playing well and then getting in a hole and just – feeling like they had to revert to their old habits. Yes. Falling back into their old ways. The important thing for that Colorado game is they stuck with their game plan. Even when they went down one, uh, even when like the lead evaporated, they stuck with their game plan and they kept pushing and they kept pushing and they kept pushing, kept doing the things that they, you know, Andrew Burnett wanted them to do. And they looked so good in that third period that I was ready, you know, before Philip Forsberg scored that tying goal with about 30 seconds left, I was ready to say, like, hey, you know what? They lost this game, but you have to be very proud of the way the Nashville played. And then, lo and behold, what happens? Philip Forsberg breaks through, ties it. We're like, all right, we're going to get a point out of this. Yakov Trenin takes a advantage of a bad play by Kale McCarr, who I could probably count one time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one one time on my hand. How, yeah, I guess count on one hand, whatever that saying is, you can do that with how many bad plays Kale McCarr's had in this entire career. He right. took advantage of that, and the Predators got a win. And it was just exciting. It was at a home crowd at Bridgestone Arena. That was probably the loudest it's been all season. And to me, that's just, I feel like, the defining game of the first bit of the season so far. 
Yeah, kind of a pivot game. Yeah. And Andrew Burnett sort of talked about that. Uh, he was very careful to say that Colorado game pregame. He was very careful to say, like, look, this, we're not going to say this is a bigger game than any other game. It's not a measuring stick game. But afterward, he was willing to say, you know, we may look back halfway through the season and go, hey, this is the game where we feel like the, the page turned a little bit as far as what our team does under pressure from behind with a lead and all that kind of thing. So I can see that, too. I just feel like so many people chalk that win up to like, oh, that was lucky. Look at how lucky the Predators were. They can do that and they would be wrong. <laughs> Sit there in your wrongness and be wrong, y'all. Yeah. Uh, what about a player surprise, a positive player surprise this year, Anne? Yeah, for me, and I know this sounds crazy to say it, but Philip Forsberg really has been, for me, the biggest player surprise. Not because I didn't think that he would be good, but because I think I am – surprised that this season seems to affirm that the Philip Forsberg of 2021-22 was not the anomaly, that that is really the Philip Forsberg that the Nashville Predators have had on their roster. So for me, I think Forsberg is probably the biggest player's surprise, not only statistically, but just as you've watched him play, his play has just been better this year. And, and I think that has to do with line mates. I think it also has to do with playing in a system that 100% plays to his strengths. Not that he's not strong, not that he can't forecheck and, and all of that kind of thing, but you know, speed and offense. That's Philip Forsberg. He is here for that. So for me, I think Philip Forsberg has been my uh, delighted surprise. What about you? Who is your, who's your happy surprise? I would go with, first off, I agree with you with Forsberg. I would go with Tommy Novak. That was and, I know he, and I know he's been hurt uh, and he's kind of, you know, fallen out of the wayside a little bit. But, you know, Tommy Novak was a guy who had a very, very out of nowhere good year yeah. last year. Uh, and I think a lot of people were thinking it's like, all right, is, is Tommy Novak a great player after 43 points in 51 games? Or, you know, he had an 18.3 shooting percentage. Is this going to be like Tanner Janot, like 2.0? Yes. It's like, ah, oh, just a good year and, you know. A blip. And then a blip. Um, You know, I think Tommy Novak in the short time that he played this year has been proving that, no, 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 this is, this is Tommy Novak. Yes. You know, this is kind of more of, you know, last year was maybe closer to the norm of what he can become uh, than what, you know, than, than maybe just an anomaly. I, I think, you know, you watch him, he's got such a good, like, head on his shoulders in terms Gosh, of, yeah. in, in terms of hockey sense. Yes. Uh, he just always knows sort of the right place to be. He can get himself in the areas. He's skilled enough that, you know, he can make those stick handling plays. He can make a good shot. Um, he works so well with the other Preds top players in the team and, you know, 12 points in 14 games before he went down with injury. Uh, I would anticipate him coming back in the lineup and, and hitting the ground running again, uh, mm -hmm. whenever that is. So yeah, for me, and I, I think it's, I, I think Tommy Novak has been a pleasant surprise because I think there was reasonable doubt. A lot of us that he was going to be able to be that good again. And then here he is. Yeah, I would agree with you. He was kind of my, he was on my short list as well for the exact same reasons. And it's interesting. I look back over the summer, I talked to Aaron Sims, who is the Milwaukee Admirals play-by-play -play, uh, person. Fascinating guy. He's really cool. Mm -hmm. But I asked him, I'm like, Tommy Novak, 
this is what we saw from Tommy Novak last season in Nashville. What do you think about that? And he said, oh, that's Tommy Novak. Yeah. I mean, just without hesitation, he said, oh, no, that's not an anomaly. That's Tommy Novak. And even then I was like, uh, is it? I mean, like, I hope you're right, Aaron Sims. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Sims was right. I stand corrected. Shout out to Aaron Sims because Tommy Novak is exactly uh, who we saw last season. And I really want to get him back because I think him being gone affects Sherwood and Evangelista. That line really was chawing along nicely. So I'm, I really am with you. Like, let's get him back in the lineup here. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Uh, a couple of other things to go. Let's talk about players uh, who are the biggest, maybe negative surprise this year. Players who thought maybe doing better, better. Plus, the biggest difference from mm. last season and a storyline to watch in the second half. We'll get to that coming up on the Lockdown Predators podcast. First, want to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers do stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is really no better time to get in on the action. This app is safe. It's very easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options you can choose from, including spreads, player props. You can choose over-unders and more. So go and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Anna, uh, let's talk about a surprising player from a negative standpoint. Uh, who's somebody that you thought maybe would be having a bigger impact this year? Again, I feel like this is going to get chalked up to recency bias, but I, I think this goes far beyond like the last week or so. And for me, I'm actually surprised about Tyson Berry's fit in, in, in the system this season. This is a you know, this is a defenseman who really is known for what he brings offensively to a team. And we saw that last season when he joined the team through the Matthias Ekholm trade. You know, we saw him on the power play. Of course, he was one of the last veterans left standing in that locker room and he stepped into that role. And you kind of felt like, hey, this is great. We've got another veteran voice in the locker room that's going to be really useful for these young players. And we've got another offensive defenseman. So you're, it's not just Roman Yossi who can, you know, score some points from the defensive side of things or create some offensive opportunities or who can quarterback a power play. And I'm so surprised that Barry seems to have really struggled with a scheme that is, very offensively minded. I really felt like right. he was one of the players under Andrew Burnett who was going to flourish. And we haven't seen that happen with his game. You know, and again, there have been some changes here and there with the blue line with Shen being injured and in players in and out. But this was one I was really surprised with. And then you kind of tack onto it just recently what's going on with, you know, kind of requesting to talk to some other teams. So for me, this has kind of been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, Tyson Berry is 100% mine as yeah. well. Uh, and, and it's the biggest thing was just the play because yeah. you, you think of what Andrew Burnett has done with defensemen like Dougie Hamilton, uh, yeah. like Aaron Ekblad, helping them to career best seasons. I think everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Roman Yossi's going to be there, but Tyson Berry had 55 points last year. 
in the NHL's defenseman. I think he a lot of people were kind of expecting him to sort of be that big uh, piece of depth scoring from the blue line behind Roman Yossi that they haven't had since Ryan Ellis and Matias Ekholm left, quite yeah. frankly. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people kind of expected this to be tailor-made, you know, yeah. for, for somebody like Barry's skill set. And I'm, I'm with you. Like, it just – you know, and it's not just not producing an offense, but it's just, you know, he's not good in transition. And that was, you know, a point of the game in which, okay, well, he's a puck moving defenseman. That should be something, you know, there's some mistakes like, you know, you know, just sort of, you know, the mistakes on the defensive end or losing coverage, like plays yeah. you wouldn't expect a veteran to make. Um, and I think that is something that I think a lot of us were like, okay, it's not just that he's not scoring, um, it's just that he hasn't looked good or, or uh, you know, I should say as good as maybe we had hoped uh, sure. for quite some time. Yeah, it's been very, he has been a very surprising player that I, that I feel like maybe has sort of struggled to adjust to what the team is doing. And, and that's the one that I really thought, Hey, this is gonna, this is going to suit, this is going to suit Tyson very well. And it just hasn't. So it has been. It has been very surprising to me. The other thing I will say is just injuries have also had uh, affected some player seasons. I was so excited to see what Cody Glass was going to do. Yeah. You know, uh, let, let's get him going. This is kind of the time for Cody Glass to, to settle in. Uh, they had kind of indicated he and Gus Nyquist would be together. I don't think that's going to happen even when Glass comes back healthy. So, that has been a disappointing situation. Not that Cody Glass has been disappointing, but the situation has been very disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team? For me, I think it's an eye test thing. And I feel like when you look back and think back to what last year's team did with some of the same pieces like Philip Forsberg, like Roman Yossi, uh, briefly with Tommy Novak even, I think it just looks faster and more offensive, which I know is the point. And I'm not saying that the Predators are necessarily, uh, they haven't necessarily arrived there yet, but I do think the transition game has been better. I think offensive production has been better. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, just straight up eye test fan-based feedback. This is a hell of a lot of more fun hockey. This is yeah. a hell of a lot more fun hockey to be watching this season. Yeah. Uh, it boils down to me and his possession. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how much possession can, I think, change what a team does during a game. I mean, it boils down to you just have the puck more. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to lead to more offensive chances. That's going to look to your offense being a little bit sharper. You know, guys like Forsberg are going to have a chance to shine a little bit more. But it also means the other team doesn't have the puck. Yeah. And you're not going to have to survive those moments you did last year, where it just seems like from the second period on – you're in lockdown mode, mm -hmm. you know, and you're just kind of waiting for the other team to, you know, shoot the puck at sorrow so that he can trap it or, you know, have them eat the puck out of the zone or something like that. You're kind of more in charge of your own destiny in the defensive end when yeah. you have possession of the puck. 
And, you know, the numbers support that, but also it's just the eye test. I think mm -hmm. the Predators are doing a better job winning puck battles in their own zone. Like, I think there's definitely some moments that that doesn't happen, but I think overall they're much better than they were last year. Uh, they're doing better at, you know, kind of capitalizing on chances to transition or move the puck out of the zone. So it's not just, uh, you know, try to, you know, send it over along the boards and it just bounces right to the defenseman at the blue line and, you know, boom, like you keep it in the zone. Right back in. Yeah, I think position is, or possession has certainly, I think, overwritten a lot of the problems that the Nashville Predators still have mm -hmm. with this team. So we've talked about like, here are some things that we're observing in the first 25 games. I'm curious, what do you think the Predators still need to work on? Or what are you looking for them to get better at moving forward? Where where do you see them needing kind of the most improvement going forward? I don't know if it's improvement, but the, the storyline I'm most interested in watching for the second half of the year is just what happens at the trade deadline. Yeah. Are the Predators going to be close enough that Barry Trotz feels like, you know what, let's just see what we have this year. Like we have some young players on the pipeline. Um, or are they going to look and be like, okay, you know, this is, you know, not exactly where we need to be long term. Uh, so maybe Alex Carrier is on the block or Dante Fabro is on the block. Even somebody like Cody Glass on a one-year deal. Like, would the Predators maybe start looking at some pieces that they can move? I don't, like, it's not like they're going to trade, like, Philip Forsberg or UC right. Soros or anything like that. Right. But I think that's something to be watching the second half of the year is, are where are the Predators come trade talk time? And yeah. how active are they going to be? Uh, and, you know, the other side is if they keep winning and they're in a good position – you know, you look at the the flexibility of this roster, and do they go okay? Let's let's maybe bring in one more person if the price is right. Yeah, Again, they're not going to trade a first round pick or anything, but hey, maybe we get some more help and just sort of see where this goes. Maybe that experience of playing in a first round of a playoff, even if it's a loss, maybe that's going to do good for somebody like Evangelista or Tomasino to get that experience. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Predators do because they are well set up for next season's draft. Is, is you know, Barry Trot's going to feel like that's enough to continue this reset the way he wants to see it. I also want to keep an eye on special teams. For me, yeah. this is a big storyline for me. The Nashville Predators have a really good top power play unit that just has not been able to convert. Are they going to hit their stride or do they need to revamp what they're doing? So for me, it's that. And also the penalty kill. Again, I'm like, we have some really great penalty killers, but the penalty kill statistics are in the toilet. You know, yeah. are they going to be able to fix that rebound and come back with that? And I do think Tommy Novak back on the top power play unit. Let's see what that does. I think Tommy Novak, for me, he's a little bit of wild card. Like he could change some things for this team just back and healthy himself. Yeah, consistency, I think, is going to be the key word to figuring out how well uh, this team can improve on yeah. special teams. Uh, Nashville Predators taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Again, it's Star Wars night, so bring your lightsabers. And your Jedi powers. And your Jedi powers. Do whatever you can to help the Preds get a win here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I ran out of puns in the in the cold open, uh, but go. we'll be back with a recap 
of that game uh, tomorrow on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every single day. We will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.